Hello and welcome to the Property Roundup on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon, the show where we chat to industry experts to get a view on the new trends emerging. This show is brought to you in partnership with Property District, changing the narrative of the industry. And today, anybody who is not listening in but watching on YouTube, you will see that we are recording during a heatwave on location, so apologies for the poor quality. Um, today, I'm delighted to be joined by Magella Galvin, Director of D&G Galvin and Chair of the SESI Southern Region. Magella, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much, Carol. It's it's great to actually speak in person. I know. To be honest now, it is. A, I, I just commented before we came on air that I've been following your work for a long time and you're doing some really exciting things in the Southern Region. So you might just talk to us about the local marketplace. What kind of trends are you seeing? Who's Who's in the marketplace at the moment? Well, there's a lot of demand out there and there continues to be. Um, Carl, you know, there's, I suppose there's a variety, really. We have a lot of trader offers. There's a lot of first-time buyers. And what I'm noticing um, in the last few months is a lot of downsizers looking to um, enter the market as well. So you take the first-time buyers generally are looking for the newer properties or energy-efficient properties. And that's mainly dictated by the help-to-buy scheme and the green mortgages and um, trader offers are looking for the more space, the bigger garden. Um, and then you look at people downsizing. What we're seeing there um, mainly is people, I suppose, who have empty nests, all their kids are gone away, um, maybe a spouse passed away. The house is too big for them, really. Um, there's, I suppose, too much maintenance. And they're looking for a smaller property and very often looking to move nearer to towns. And that is a challenge because supply is very, very tight out there at the moment. Yeah, look, I mean, of the cohort you're talking about there, actually, one of the really surprising things is um, this trading down because, uh, and I know most people would be referring to that now really as, as right sizing, but the reality is it is trading down in terms of size or sometimes, you know, again, for the convenience. But this is a message that has really been put out um, by the state. It was almost like a call to action for people who are in big homes and that wanted to trade down. But the messaging was quite poorly done a number of years ago. And it it sounded like people who were in large homes weren't entitled to remain in their own home, despite having raised their family there. And the messaging was so negative. It was almost like um, people were contributing to the problem by choosing to remain in the home that has been their home for decades and in some cases for their lifetime and and that was really poor messaging whereas actually we can see in more recent years that there really is a priority on quality of life so actually right sizing is exactly the right description isn't it absolutely and that's exactly it right sizing and I think people's perceptions have changed and you hit it really there when you said it's it's based on quality of life and I think even during the COVID that was enhanced even more. People are, I suppose, really valuing their time now as well. So instead of spending hours cleaning a house or mowing lawns, they want to be out there doing things they want to do. You know, they want to be traveling, they want to be with their grandkids, whatever the case may be. So it's quality of life is very important there. Yeah, I, I and I think, look, that's, that's a trend that we'd like to see for so many reasons. But 
purely because we know that actually it's, it can be better for the people involved. But one of the difficulties is that maybe there isn't the new supply and not necessarily supply of new homes, but even secondhand homes coming to the market to keep people in the communities that they know and love. And that's that's the core. Absolutely. And a lot of people um, are looking for bungalows. Um, and I think that's that's nearly countrywide. And they're just very hard to be got. And um, so, you know, they're looking for the smaller property, energy efficient. They're looking for a bungalow if possible. But these type of properties are very hard to get um, in, in the local communities at the moment. Um, Majella, just remind people listening in what regions you and your team cover or what areas. So we would be based in County Cork. We'd cover from Cork, um, Bandon, Kinsale, Clonakilty and all West Cork. So you're talking about areas there of huge demand. So particularly I'm thinking Kinsale, I, I think, was shown to have some of the, the second or third highest level of demand in the whole country in Absolutely. recent years. What, how, how does that translate? What does that look like on the ground? I suppose demand is it's like everywhere, but it's particularly high in, in Kinsale. And you have a lot of people then who would love to retire in Kinsale. And a lot of those buyers are coming from overseas. Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's so many reasons for that. Now, obviously, you're operating in a particularly beautiful area that's rich in history and culture, but also, um, you know, for the foodie experience, you know, there's so many amazing things. So I understand what draws people, um, you know, to to West Cork. There's no doubt about that. Um, but it does make it difficult then for people maybe who are at the earlier stages of their property journeys and or you know, first time buyers. You mentioned there about uh, first time buyers really prioritizing energy efficient homes. But there was a report recent just released in the last few days uh, from the mortgage. Uh, some of the mortgage data was showing that for buyers of of newly built homes and those availing of the various schemes under um, housing for all, they have a typical income. Now, that's a buyer typical income of 90,000 which really surprised me. Would that be indicative of new homes buyers in Cork? Well, it it can be, yes, Carol. Um, I suppose like what's driving the my homes, as I say, is that green energy um mortgage rate. It's the help to buy scheme. But um, you know, we've a we've a big problem in Ireland with, with vacant properties and there's lots of incentives from the government to try and get people to do up those properties. And actually, uh, a few months ago, the SESI conducted a report and they did an investigation around Ireland of the cost of doing up those properties. And the majority of them were not viable, even with the grant. So the SESI pressed on the government to increase the grant. And very, very thankfully, that grant has been increased now. So we're dealing with between 50 and 70,000 now. But the big issue with that, even if you take it for first time buyers, is they find it very hard to get the finance for to do up an old property. Is that so, because of the stage payments requirements? I, I think it's mainly, you know, the bank rates are kind of still um, favouring turnkey energy rated homes. Um, I think the government needs to look at some sort of alternative green mortgage system to do up vacant property in order to make it viable, like for younger buyers. 
And then, of course, you have the cost of construction on top of it and trying to get labour and things. Um, actually, that's a really interesting point because we know that green mortgages have been really welcome, uh, welcome addition to the mortgage market, but they do tend to apply to new or newly retrofitted homes. So actually, you would imagine on, on the basis that our, our mantra across the built environment is that the most energy or, or the most um, low carbon build is the building that's standing. You know, so actually, if we can bring back into use buildings that are standing, that has to be better. You would imagine that there would be some sort of green financing available for that, knowing that the output is going to be an, uh, an uh, low carbon home. Yes, I, th- I think the government does need to work on on something like that, because I have a number of buyers and they love the idea of doing up, you know, an old building and making it their own. Um, But finance wise, it's just not viable for them. Um, and then, of course, as I say, construction and labour, you know, all adds to the issue. Uh, Miguel, I mentioned at the intro there that you're the chair of uh, the Chartered Surveyors uh, Society of Ireland for the southern region. That's so, um, and And that's that's a huge responsibility to take because, I, I mean, you know, having been in this industry for almost uh, two decades, I can't remember a more critical time in terms of housing delivery and how we manage housing. So it's a really important time to be helping to shape policy. Um, what does your work with the SESI involve? Like we would work, I suppose, you know, the SESI is a very innovative, I suppose, always forward taking, uh, forward thinking organisation. And they do a lot of reports for the government. Um, but it's, you know, we get all the feedback from our members um, to do those reports and then come up with policies for our government. And I think that, um, as I say, the most recent and very prevalent one there was that increase in the grant um, for the vacant and property, vacant property derelict homes. Um, even looking at those, there's been a huge initiative around um, trying to identify vacant homes and bring them back into use. And one of the really surprising things with that, actually people... Uh, it turns out didn't realize that they may have had a share in in a property that is now derelict. Um, you know, and and that was one of the really surprising outcomes. Um, looking at the region that you're operating in, is there a high level of vacancy and or dereliction? We do, we do have um a high vacancy, and a lot of these Carol are in the town centre, um where you have um services available. So you know. They could be made, um, you know, great homes and things. We need, I suppose we're really, it's a whole chain, change of scenery in that we need to, to re-landscape it, you know, this living in the town. And, you know, and again, it's going down to the cost. And in that report from the SESI, they found like that building regulations and, and you know, hard Hard costs were the main factors in doing up the properties. Are you dealing or is your agency dealing with many new home schemes at the moment? We we dealt with one there in Clonakilty recently. Um, so it was a detached, it was 13 detached homes. Now they're fetching up to six, seven hundred thousand. Um, and we just couldn't get, uh, you know, demand was just too high there. But the issue now, Carl, is, it's impossible to get planning for detached homes in our towns. And that's what people want. And, Actually, and, and I was going to ask then, like as the next step, like what is the pipeline of new homes looking like in the region outside Cork City, particularly? 
Well, like you, I mean, a, there's a lots of planning out there for apartments. But as you know, apartments are not viable to build at the moment for builders. So, I mean, if they could, you know, they're trying to obviously go for semis or whatever, good demand for that. But what I'm seeing is a new trend recently in the past few months is that people that were happy living out in the country during COVID and maybe for many years have kids now and they're going to school, they're in secondary school, they've after school activities and they're finding they're on the road constantly in and out. So the big, big um, demand we have at the moment is Family saying we want a detached home with a nice spacious garden within walking distance of the town. Yeah, that that's a very tight set of criteria, though, really. Um, you know, and it's probably it's not something that fits with our uh, local development plans anymore. It, it, you know, so actually this is going to be a problem unless we're, we start to see secondhand homes come to the market en masse. And how likely is that? Well, the problem with, I suppose, secondhand, like we have seen an increase in secondhand homes coming to the market. But the biggest issue is I go out to a number of people and they want to move, but they're afraid to put their property in the market because if it sells, where do they go? You know, renting isn't an option um, and we still don't have enough supply out there. So it's um, I do work with clients to try and help them with that scenario but as i say that is an obstacle in the second hand market trying to get supply and the the i suppose the frustrated sellers then for want of a better term um that you're speaking to are do they all want to stay in the local area they just want to move slightly the majority of people want to just move slightly and stay within the local area okay and in terms of the pipeline of secondhand homes are you talking to people now, you know, who are thinking about this? Because I, I, I don't know about you, but I can certainly never remember a time as, as where the shortage has been so acute that people were afraid to sell because they genuinely didn't know if they'd be able to buy something. You know, it might have been a case of jumping on the opportunity if your dream home came. But that's a very different scenario to thinking, actually, no, we could be left with nothing and still have to leave our home. Absolutely. And I suppose if you look at the other side of the coin there, um, Carol, is that if they found their dream home and didn't have their property in the market, you know, their offer wouldn't stand as solid as somebody who was a cash buyer or somebody who had their home sale agreed. So it's a catch 22 for people. That's a really frustrating one because you can absolutely understand sellers uh, prioritizing chain free buyers. But actually, what do people do in that scenario? Are you finding, is there maybe an overconfidence in sellers that actually they'll be able to sell their home very quickly if they need to? I think there is that, but I think it's 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 fear that's out there, you know. And, you know, we have to respect as well that selling your home is a big, big decision. And I, there was some statistic that I read there recently, and it takes the average person a year, if not more, to actually make the decision. Um, but I suppose, um, you know, it's, it's just that, that time you have to give people 
And Carl, you'd have to remind me of the question you asked me now. <laughs> no, well, no, it's really what I'm really what I'm really interested in is to try understand maybe new trends that are emerging. You know, when you're when you're you're speaking to buyers and sellers, and I would imagine there's frustration on both sides, uh, both sides of the transaction. And um, so, the people that you're speaking to, what kind of trends are you are you seeing emerging this year? Um. I, I mean, I think definitely, as I say, prices are stabilizing. They're still growing, but at single digits. Like, for example, the start of the first quarter this year, we had an increase of 1% in property prices. If you compare that to the first quarter last year, it was 5%. So I think, you know, they're still growing, but at a more stable rate. Um, and the reason for that basically is property prices aren't dropping. Why? Because demand is too high. And supply is really struggling. And I think it's going to continue to struggle because construction costs are going up and labor, as you know yourself. And and then, of course, we have economic conditions. We have a good economy, but interest rates, spikes and things like that does um, air some caution with buyers. And um, in terms of, I suppose, before we finish up, uh, just to, to let prospective buyers whether they're first-time buyers or those maybe new to the area or just somebody who's sitting in their own home contemplating a sale but wondering will they be able to find the right home um you know what is how is the pipeline for kind of the rest of 2023 and early 2024 looking for prospective home buyers i think like it's very hard to say um carl is is the honest answer there but what I would advise people is, you know, to set what they want and be open. Um, I think you have to be more flexible now, buyers, with terms of locations, with terms of what your wants and what your needs are, I always say to people. But I mean, I think gradually we will see an increase in supply. Um, but I think, being very honest with you, we're a long, long way from that. Yeah, you know, and look, it's always better you know I, I like to be able to give a positive note for buyers but I find it really difficult at the moment it's difficult to see um, how this is anything but the peak of the market but yet all of the dynamics are showing us that demand continues and the supply is not growing anywhere close to the rate that we might have predicted 18 months ago when we were saying the pipeline would improve in 18 to 24 months and that's really not happening which I think is a source of frustration for the industry as well as for consumers and um, before we finish up today Magella have you any words of advice for those who have decided that now is the right time to sell and they know that there's strong demand for their home irrespective of what their plans are for their next move um what kind of advice do you have for home sellers at the moment well i suppose when you're ready i mean the first thing obviously is to get evaluation of your property so that you can budget but i also prepare your property for sale make sure it looks well um and staging I'm a big fan of home staging because it's turnkey properties. It's properties that are looking well. You can walk in the door, are getting those premium prices. So I can see a big future in home staging in, in Ireland in the future. Um, the other thing for a tip for sellers is get the paperwork and legalities in order. It's the main slowdown. Like you will agree the sale of a house um, very quickly with the time it takes from going sale agreed to sold and it's because legalities and paperwork isn't ready so be proactive I think there are two really super bits of advice and, and just in terms of the home staging 
Can you do that while families are still living in the home and causing chaos? You can. You can. You can. It's not, you know, it's little things can make a difference. And a lot of people think home staging, you know, that it's, it's, I suppose it's a big cost. When you weigh up the cost of not doing it, it's a a lot, a larger loss there, Carol. I mean, you could home stage with simple things like nice flowers, you know, nice trolls, you know, that is still home staging. It's just, and I suppose the other thing there is, you know, decluttering, simple things like that, given even, I suppose it's it's really like letting the buyer know what it's like to live in the house for them, not you. Yeah, that's that's a really great way to put it. Um, what's the worst mistake you've ever seen a, a home seller do coming into this process? Or the worst mistake you've ever seen them I think, make? I think you can, I think at the moment, number one, it's very important to price your property correctly. Because, you know, if you overprice something, buyers are very savvy now, it will sit on the market. And the longer it's in the market, you know, it's it's not very fruitful. The other thing is um, not getting the legalities in order and not checking out, like getting an engineer out. If you put on an extension to the side of your house or you converted your attic, have you got planning for that? You know, checking these things to be proactive, really. I think that's some great advice to finish up on today. So for anybody who is thinking about selling in Cork or the the West Cork area, certainly uh, speak to Magella and the team and speak to your solicitor and get your conveyance and uh, documents Um, in order. And one last tip for buyers out there is we've noticed, and I think this has come from the rental market, that there's very little auctioneers are putting rental properties on daft, we'd say now, because they have their own clients and they're such low stock. But if you're a buyer out there, obviously keep an eye on your portals, keep an eye on your local agent's website, but register with your local agent. Because I know that at DG Galvin, we have a system whereby that anyone who registers with our database will be the first to know before property goes on the market. That's really good to that's really good to know and some really good advice for frustrated renters out there. So um uh, thank you so much for that really good advice so if there is anybody out there looking for a rental property contact Magella and the team at or, 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 or buying Carol or buying <laughs> <laughs> absolutely buying or selling go to that saying Magella thank you so much for your time today I genuinely appreciate it thank um, you Carol great to talk to you my pleasure. That was Magella Galvin, Director of Dean G. Galvin and Chair of the SESI Southern Region. Um, and that's all we have time for today. My thanks to Katie Tallon and to the production team at Hear Me Roar Media. And a huge thanks to our show sponsor, Property District, changing the narrative of the industry. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out all of the other real estate and construction shows on iProperty Radio. And thank you indeed for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode of Property Roundup on iProperty Radio.